0: Alright, I believe we're live. Live on Monday, August 16th, 2021. The world is getting pretty crazy. Let me just double check all the streams, my friends, and then we're going to rock and roll with today's show. Let me just go check it out. Hope you're all doing well. So much is going on. There we go. We are live on the Rockfin. How's everybody doing? We are live on Twitch. What's up? And D Live, how are we doing on D Live? Hello, D Live. Oh, let me just open the chat. That makes things easier. There we go. Awesome. Let me just double check the Foxhole guys, and then we are go for launch. Yes, Foxhole is green light. Hello, everybody. Sorry, it's been so long. Um, I've been working day and night on this new series. That I've got coming up, and I'm going to show you guys a little intro to that in a, m- a moment here for those that haven't seen it. Um, this new series is called Cult of the Medics, and you can actually check it out. Well, you can check out the intro to it at cultofthemedics.com. Uh, I should probably just go ahead and pull that up for you guys. Uh, this is a series that is 14, 15 years of research in the making. Uh, getting into the history of the medical industrial complex, looking at the occult roots, the history, the ancient history, um, a lot of the stuff that I think people are are missing out on when it comes to the big picture of what's happening now, who's doing this, why they're doing this. We're going to get very specific. It's probably going to take me about six months or so to roll out this series because I'm the sole producer, researcher, director, editor, the whole deal. This is a pet project of mine. And I know y'all been waiting so patiently. And I also just want to say I'm overwhelmed with the responses I've gotten just from releasing this trailer yesterday. Um, I just want to thank you all. Amazing. I'm really glad that it resonated with you. I'm going to play this trailer for you if you've already seen it. I mean, you can go fill up your popcorn or whatever. Uh, But if you haven't seen it, stay tuned. Um, We've had a lot of... uh, a lot of mind explosions after people watch it. So we're going to go through it. And then after that, I've got a few announcements. So we've got uh, my good friend memory hold is here. That's his online alias. He does really, really good research on a lot of different subjects. But the one subject I'm going to be talking to him about today is the events of 9-11-2001, which just so happened to happen 19 years before COVID-19 apparently hit the world. So we're going to get into that Um, and he's just, we've got a rabbit hole of stuff to go through. Some of it, maybe you've heard some of it. You probably haven't, if you haven't been uh, checking out this angle. So it's new pieces of the puzzle, new ways of looking at this event. I've been looking at nine 11 since it happened. I mean, I watched loose change when it came out, just like so many other people. I've watched all those documentaries. I've been to nine 11 conferences. I've interviewed engineers. Um, I've, I've been through. 9-11 in every possible way, Uh, all the different theories, You know, just looking at it and realizing that regardless of what happened that day and who really did it, which we're going to get into who we think might have done it, um, we look at the effects of the world since that day that actually fit in to what's happening right now. That was one of the big shots that were heard around the world that started this current war. Um, I trace the origin of the start of this war to end sovereign nations and, and tear down Western civilization in America. I trace that probably going back about 200 years or more. But um, if we just kind of use a modern example as to when this all kind of kicked off, you could start with JFK if you wanted to, but I think it's helpful to just get into it from nine 11 and move our way up. Um, So we're going to go through that. So stay tuned guys without uh, further ado, let me show you this trailer. I'm very excited about it. I put so much time into this and uh, I can't wait for you all to see it. So let me check it out here. We should be able to pull this up for you. Sit back, relax and uh, let's rock and roll with the Cult of the Medics. So this is the website, cultofthemedics.com. Let me just make this big screen. There we go. And here we go with the trailer. It's a few minutes long but it goes by pretty quick. So strap yourselves in, here we go. Charles Ford was an American writer and researcher who specialized in anomalous phenomena. In the early 1900s, he made a very interesting statement. He said, I think we're property. I should say we belong to something that something owns this earth all others warned off, and that all of this has been known, perhaps for ages, to certain ones upon this earth, a cult or order, members of which function like bellwethers to the rest of us, or as superior slaves or overseers, directing us in accordance with instructions received from somewhere else in our mysterious usefulness. Is there anything to this? let me tell you a story. Hope you guys enjoyed that ah, what a great song painted black um, so there we go that's the introduction guys I've got episode one done but we're going to be launching it on September the 1st uh, the first day of fall and who's falling this fall is it us or is it the cabal we'll see but either way this is going to be a cannon shot across the bow uh, and then I'll be releasing these subsequent episodes as I can. Uh, so I hope you all support me in this project and share this out as far and wide as you can. You can get the trailer on all the alternative platforms that I'm on. It's on my Rumble, my BitChute, Rockfin. It's even on YouTube for as long as it'll be there. I have a small little channel, so they haven't caught me just yet. Um, it's also, you can just go to cultofthemedics.com. It's right there. Share it out. And we got a lot coming more coming your way regarding that series. Um, now, when it comes to this subject that we're going to get into about 9-11 and the context of where this all fits. There's a lot of ways that I would look at this. There's three books. There's a bunch of books that I have on this on 9-11, but there's a few that I can just pull up that are literally sitting right beside me. This one here is an important book. I actually met the author and interviewed him a while back. It's got a forward by Peter Lavenda. It's called the most dangerous book in the world. This gets into the symbolic ritual occult nature as a theory, right, behind many of the things going on with this event that took place in 2001, the dates, the numbers, the symbolism, the symbols of the two towers, Jack and Boaz, the whole deal. It gets right into the rabbit hole on the level of planning, uh, the insidious nature behind the event. And remember that when we're talking about these geopolitical elites, we're talking at the top levels. It's so compartmentalized. A lot of your lower level cronies aren't going to know jack about this. But at the top level, um, as I'm going to show in this series and as I've shown in many other episodes of this show, we're dealing with a cult, an ancient cult, a religion that never went away, that still exists. It's a religion of power. It works at the top levels of these elite circles. They recruit people in. There's a whole series of of information you got to go through to get to that place. Um, But it's real, and it goes all the way back these people didn't go away. They've just stayed, stayed rather hidden in the background. People today call it the deep state or whatever, but that's just a modern term. We're talking about uh, literally the most powerful people in the world, and they have their own way of looking at the world. They have their own belief system, um, and they consider themselves separate uh, from the rest of humanity and that they're destined to rule humanity. And, um, so this book just kind of breaks all that down just to give you a new perspective. Maybe you haven't gotten into this just yet. So I just wanted to point that out on a more technical level. If that got a little too esoteric for you out there, just get into, um, this book, David Ray Griffin. I also had the honor of meeting him. This is actually a signed copy from him debunking nine 11 debunking. So this is his answer to popular mechanics and all the other, um, paid shills out there that are trying to get you to stop thinking for yourself and only trust the mainstream media, which is all owned by Vanguard and BlackRock. Uh, And then you also have Towers of Deception is another great one from Barry Zucker or Barry Zwicker, just kind of another perspective. I also had that book. I think I just have the Kindle version of it um, by that woman who basically had the theory about that. What was it called? Where did the towers go? Interesting theories. There's so many theories about it. But we're going to fill in some blanks today uh, with my guest. And so we'll dive into this. Let's just get him on here. Bring on Memory Hold. There he is. How's it going, man? Can you hear me? How are you doing? Yep. Can hear you perfectly. What about on my end? You good? You are coming through solid. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Glad to be here, man. Thanks for the invite, by the way.
0: Oh hey, good. I've wanted to do a show with you for a while, and, and in fact, um, but we keep getting banned on all the same platforms, and then we can't communicate anymore. So we, yeah, thanks to Adam Riva from Dauntless Dialogue for hooking us back up. And, That's perfect. Um, there's so many subjects I want to talk to you about, but I will have to do multiple shows if you're interested. For sure, because today I think we should spend the time going down this rabbit hole that Adam sent me down with all these images and the boards and this stuff, and and he said this this was your research. And that you've been really doing a big project on this before we jump into that um maybe just let people know who you are what you do you do a lot of research for Melfi buddha and other guys and yourself and you post information on Epstein and all that kind of stuff. So just a little bit about your background for people.
1: Sure. So I probably got into this a little bit, uh, late in the game, uh, comparatively to most researchers that are in this field right now. I started in 2016, but I've sort of been trying to uh, make up for lost time. It was the best emails that got me into this initially. And it, coincidentally, it was actually just the situation where right around that time before those emails even dropped, I was thinking it dawned on me. I said, you know, I, when's the last time I actually fact-checked anything? Like, what do I actually know? What's real and actually what's false? I mean, most information I get is from what's being told to me, so it freaked me out enough to choose a random topic to try and debunk. And it just so happened the timing was pedestrian emails, and um, yeah, that shook me. So I realized what else has been hidden from me, you know. So I mostly like focus on the elite trafficking angles, the human trafficking, the John of God, uh, Petergate related aspects. Mostly, in a, uh, I, I feel like my role is to is sort of like micro, a microscope in a way to zoom in very very close to the detailed connections between who these people are, who they're friends with, and try and find like alternative patterns. I mean, that's what we're all doing, but I really want to communicate this information to the public. I think that's the main undercurrent, my entire project here as uh, Rami Hold on online, is uh, how do we get the public to understand this stuff, understand that this is why we're curious about it, this is why we're concerned about it. We don't mean any ill will, but there's a reason that we're worried about it, and there's so many of us, and that's my role in all of this. And, uh, yeah, it's been five years already. It's crazy. And what's happened since 2016, everything's hitting the fan, huh?
0: I know. I know it's, it's unbelievable. And right now, man, like what's going on, I couldn't help but think that how interesting it is that right now the stuff going on in Kabul, Afghanistan, uh, is happening. And we are what it's August 16th. We're less than a month away from the anniversary of the September 11th attacks of course, which precipitated, in my opinion, the illegal invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq. Everybody can have their opinion on that. Um, But if this event of 9-11 that we're going to get into wasn't what the official 9-11 commission report told us that it was, and it was something else, uh, we may have had all kinds of different people involved, just like we see with the elections fraud stuff and this pandemic. It seems like there's multiple uh, competing interests that are happening and that means that the actions that were taken by the Bush administration after 9-11, um, they're all in question. And the the whole thing is now in question. And if they've, I've said this before, if we can prove to you today or on any of these shows, just one time where your government and your media lied to you, not just Not just got some information wrong, not just, you know, made a mistake, but actually knowingly withheld information, reported different information that led you to a false conclusion, which is a lie. If they've lied to you once, why would you trust them on anything they're telling you? And the other thing I'll say to those people that always get all weird about conspiracies, conspiracies, that's just, to me, that's a defense mechanism because you're afraid deep down that what we're actually proposing here is true. And it's a lot more comforting to just believe the official stories of events than it is to actually think for yourself, look into these subjects, and try to find out what really happened. Um, and that takes a lot of work, especially when you're constantly ridiculed and 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 had all this censorship happening. And speaking of censorship, have you experienced any of that, dude? Like, have you had any problems with this?
1: Yeah, I, I've had significant issues with this. I mean, really? beyond significant. I'm definitely not alone in that, which is why I'm happy that you've gone full alternative platform at this point. I'm probably, yeah. uh, I've been dual streaming to most the alternate, well, mostly DLive, BitChute. I've been maintaining those uh, more often than not for the past year. But yeah, they got me during that first major bandwave back in October at uh, around like 24,000 subscribers. We were doing a great community wow. of people over there and, you know, just gone with the wind. And it continued after that. They got my uh, second backup channel, Memorial 2.0. Uh, then they got 3.0, we got the 3.0 channel, and now I'm on 4.0, but mostly on BitChute and DLive instead. Um, it, it's wild, and on top of that, there's even videos that I've uploaded in the past um, that are taken down immediately, even if it's uh, across different channels. So they're very highly targeting, uh, very specific type of content uh, in a variety of ways, using a variety of means, and it's been bad, and this doesn't count, Instagram got me twice, Twitter. Banned my main account as well. So it's wild out there. This, um, things are changing. Everything's congealing and the, the, the plans have been set in place, man. It's a long time coming and censorship is a, is a major issue on that because that's why people believe what they do. They, it's an appeal to authority in a way, right? They wouldn't be on television if, uh, you know, if they weren't right, if they weren't smarter than me or something like that. So Yeah, yeah, it's wild, but yeah.
0: Well, and the the thing is, is that if for those that are in the know about uh, the fact that I believe they lied to us about 9-11, there was a whole bunch of other stuff going on behind that. um, These culprits haven't been caught. And so they're still loose in the world. And when you have, say, a serial killer out there that you can't catch, you always assume that they're still on the prowl and they're still out there looking to commit crimes. So you constantly see if you can trace them and track them down. And I feel like that's what we've been doing is trying to track down the culprits of who has been committing crimes against humanity, both in America, in Canada, in all these Western nations and also in the Middle East and also in Africa and these other places around the world, who is enemy of humanity why do they prey on children how does these how do the weapons trade the drug trade the human trafficking trade the entire black market industry how does that exist unabated right and yet they have all these resources to come and track and trace you down if you don't have a mask on or if you didn't get your shot we don't have any track and trace programs or or any of that kind of stuff going on to try to track down these pedal rings We don't have any of this stuff to come in and try to catch the real culprits of who's committed these egregious crimes. Um, So that tells you everything you need to know, that the criminals have made their way into the positions of power. And so that means that if they are in league and supported by big tech, by the major media, by the social media companies, all these different scientific organizations and institutions – then we're up against quite a system uh, issue here. And um, now we see the encroachment of uh, levels of tyranny that I think were only things of people's imagination from what they read in history school that are actually happening and unfolding right in front of our eyes. And so would you agree that there is a connection here? I'm not just reaching. I'm not just a paranoid schizophrenic. There's a connection between what went down in 9-11 that started a lot of this, and then what we're experiencing now.
1: Absolutely. In fact, uh, it wouldn't be so successful what they're trying to uh, stick on us now with the Great Reset Agenda, world economic, Forum, type of shenanigans, right? They wouldn't be able to do this so, I, I think, easily if there wasn't a 9-11 type of event, a uh, new Pearl Harbor that would have kind of smoothed their way into all of this. And regarding how the institutions are compromised, I think a really big, important part that people don't mention enough when trying to speak to people that don't even grasp any of this, right? We've all already gone further than many people in this conversation even want to listen to. Um, the main reason to be able to convince them about that is, is um, you know, when when the point in all of that is that it is a global nexus and censorship. You need to infiltrate these organizations over time. It doesn't take the entire organization to be corrupted in order to do these things. It only needs to be the top one percent, and to do that you take your time. This is a lifelong endeavor for these people. They think multi-generationally based off of what I'm seeing and how they operate, right? Family money, bloodlines, things like that. They play it safe to the chest while we're only thinking of the next few, you know, my kids and my grandkids, that's about as far as regular people think. These people have a plan laid out. It's been set in stone for a long time, but it's the corruption and uh, infiltration, like you mentioned, of the media, the mainstream media, uh, the tech companies. There's a reason CIA and other intelligence agencies, NSA, are signing non-disclosure agreements with different tech companies, right? They need mm. access to that data, like Snapchat, if say a terrorist. Ends up using him. Um, and which
0: they're classifying anybody that supports their country as being a terrorist. It's literally exactly. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, when situation.
1: I saw that the other day, that was absolutely incredible. You're referencing that yeah. just still image of uh, the news report. That blew my mind. It almost read as yeah. satire at first. And then I realized what year I was in. Incredible. Absolutely. I incredible. thought it was Babylon
0: B or something. That's <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, no, that's that's what it, that's what they're saying. And, and that same rhetoric is being used here in Canada, uh, friends in Australia. It's the same thing. And it, they're just being more blatant by the day, which some people can look at as, well, that's super scary. They're being more blatant about it. They're coming out of the shadows. They must be confident. They must be ready to make their move. Yeah. But what if they're getting some kind of opposition, whether it be just from the fact that more and more people are waking up. They can't put a lid on this. These people know the real stats. They're skewing the stats. They're skewing the polls. They're skewing the numbers, but they know the real numbers. And so if they're realizing that they're losing control of the narrative, which is, in my opinion, the most precious commodity they could have is control over the narrative. Because if you control the narrative, you control the people. If you control the people, you can control the systems of power, the wealth, the land, the money, the whole deal. So they need us in order for this to work. And that's the that's the one thing that I've always told people in my time doing this work, that that's the silver lining. They need us in order to complete what they want. It's like a parasite needs the host in order to feed off the host. And so we just have to flush out the toxins, drain the swamp, and raise our immunity so that this shit doesn't happen again. Absolutely. But, yeah. As, f- respond to that. And then let's uh, maybe start getting into this unique angle on 9-11. Sure. Well, number one, I think
1: people have like a tendency to believe that, you know, evil can just be eradicated in like one swoop, even if it takes a great amount of effort. But what we have to realize is uh, it's it's kind of like mowing the lawn and expecting the grass to never grow back. They're, they're a weed in, right. in, in a sense, and you have to uh, continuously tend to them. And as they, jet, you know, gradually weaken society uh, through mass media, uh, through the internet, through social media, through these different control mechanisms. Which, by the way, if they did not have that, people are quick to think about rebellion in this day and age against their own government uh, with using weapons, right? Uh, assault rifles, whatever you need, but. I'm not so quick to believe that that's what it'll take right off the bat. If we destroy their wands, their their main weapon is to weave webs, cast illusions. They're spellcasters in a way. It sounds strange, Mm -hmm. but if you think about it, they are the generators of culture in a sense. They're the generators, the solidification of fact for the entire nation. What they say is what goes on to Wikipedia, which what goes into history books, that's just the what it is. That's a spell. So all it takes is just one big lie being disseminated across this increasingly connected world. And you can right there just kind of program a switch of the entire populace because now you just shifted their reality. You told them that, okay, it is okay to believe in uh, you know the COVID lab leak theory. It's not so bad to believe that anymore. Okay, you can click that Hunter Biden link now. We're not going to ban it on Twitter anymore. This is all perception control, manufactured consensus. Uh, people would be horrified to understand the large swaths of our perception that they own and basically Monetize, which kind of ties us back into uh, that top one percent of these uh, organizations, these think tanks, you know, these Council on foreign relations, these uh, trilateral commission. These they just need a little couple people in an organization, a couple little bit of blackmail, and you've got control over the minds of people, and it's incredible. So that's that's where I people really underestimate the usefulness of censorship until they experience it themselves and see how comprehensive it's been.
0: You made such a good point there. This is a huge element that I try to bring up to people when you bring these types of questions to them. Because the first thing people react to, and this is, go- I know a lot of the people that are listening to this, you're already read in, but you're probably having conversations with friends and family, and you're getting a lot of pushback. The number one pushback that I've received is people can't actually imagine how that works. They immediately assume that when you're talking about any kind of criminal activity organized at the geopolitical level, like what we're going to get into here, that you must have to have M- millions of people in on this conspiracy. You'd have to have people from all over the world in on it. They'd have to know about it. Like 9-11, to orchestrate 9-11, you'd have to have people in on this all over the world. It's impossible. Or the pandemic. What? Every doctor, every nurse is in on a conspiracy? And, and you just... I have to smile a little bit. I try not to smile because I don't want to be a jerk about it, but I have to smile at the level of just naivety and and misunderstanding, but I don't blame people because I was there once and I'm sure you were too, bro. So I remember that. And the answer to it is this, you have to look up a word called compartmentalization. I'm going to do a whole thing on this in my series because it has to be explained, but here it is in a nutshell. Think about it. What is the symbol of the pyramid anyways, right? What is that symbol? Uh, It is the pure. It's it's the idea. There's many different ways to look at the symbol. But if you look at it from a compartment, right, you've got the the capstone, which on the dollar bill is a removed capstone, interestingly enough. Then you got your 13 steps below it. And symbolically, what that says is there's a separate level, a compartment of knowledge at the top, just like a military operation. You have those that have the strategy. They're sitting at the control room. They've got all the, you know, all the intel coming in. They have raw data. Okay. The raw data people sit at the top. If it's a corporation like McDonald's, all the managers at McDonald's, at your local McDonald's don't know the ingredients of everything in that shit. They're not in on it. It's who's the board levels, who are the corporate executives, who are the people that make the policies for the organization, et cetera. Right. So it's the same thing. Your government first of all, is in debt to all these global bankers, um, whereas the big multinational corporations are not in debt. So who really holds the power? Um, and then you think, okay, so compartmentalized. You don't need everybody in on it. You just need everybody to act as they do as a cog in the wheel of what you're doing. Think about your own job if you're watching this. You know what you need to know to get your job done. And you get, you go to work, you do your job, You do your stuff, you get your paycheck, and you don't even think twice about it, right? That's most people. Most doctors, first of all, their education is paid for by pharmaceutical companies. Um, uh, You know, the the whole thing, you just look at it from a a level of everybody goes on an operational day-to-day basis with the limited knowledge that they have access to about what's really going on at the top. The same is true everywhere else. So think about it like a military system where you've got the top level that knows what's up. Everybody below that top level knows only what they need to know and no more. So that just dispels this whole thing about, oh, it's just impossible because everybody would have to be in on it. Look at what's happening right now. Your friends and neighbors are in on the conspiracy to force vaccinate every human being on this planet against their will. They just don't know it. They're just getting all their cues from the media, repeating what they're saying. They're petrified with fear. They've been told that anybody that's not taking this mRNA shot is a threat And that's all it takes. And now they're in on the conspiracy. They just don't know it. And yeah. that's how this shit works, right?
1: Yeah, cogs in a machine. And the other way to look at compartmentalization, and you put it perfectly, is, but think about uh, technology development, exotic technologies for the military, as you said. I mean, just down to the basics, uh, one person isn't responsible, or a team of people isn't responsible for the uh, entire missile, the new ballistic missile, new hypersonic missile, right? They literally have teams dedicated to bolts only, and they aren't told what they're even working on. Their job is bolts, that's that's what they're doing or contracted for for the next X, Y, Z amount of months. Um, They don't even know it's a ballistic missile or exotic tech. Uh, And now couple this with every single element or technology that's required to build that. Uh, And that requires a lot of logistics off the bat. But that's what we're seeing here is compartmentalization. That's exactly right. With the censorship and the media, uh, sort of the attack dogs right, right, of our uh, perception on the world, especially how quickly we forget things, forget major events. they tell us you know, mandated vaccines last year, conspiracy theory, immunity passports, conspiracy theory. Because of the media, by the time those things actually become real, they've all, the people have already forgotten about all that's that. Right. And it's that's right. crazy. If you get rid of that, things might change. They'll probably change a decent amount.
0: Well, that's why we need to exist, man. We gotta be the new media. We gotta, <laughs> yeah. and that's why people are here. They're here to hear straight facts from real people. I'm not an expert. We're not expert, we're not that. We're just people that care I could say I'm probably a nerd and I've become somewhat expert in some things, but mostly I just care and I've spent a lot of my time researching this as I see you have. And I know you said you just kind of woke up in like 2015, 2016, but man, the level of information you're at, where you're at now is light years ahead of where I was five years in or four years in when I woke up 18 years ago. Um, So good for you. And that just means that it's an exponential growth of the expansion of consciousness about these issues, which is important. So good news out there, friends. You don't need everybody to be up to speed on every detail. We're just trying to get people. Let's all just try to get people to agree that, you know, freedom is a good thing. uh, Tyranny is a bad thing. And uh, I think we can all take a second look at how we should be trusting or whether we should be trusting our government and media without thinking about it. Uh, and whether censorship of especially experts and whistleblowers is a good thing in a free and open society, I personally think it's a bad thing, but I'll let you guys think about it for yourself. Let's move on here though, brother. Let's go right into this nine 11. Um, how did you, what, when, when did you wake up to that event?
1: So this is the interesting thing going back to, you know, my late origin, but quick, uh, up to speed rundown here that I've been trying to do since 2016. I, since I live in New York, I don't live far from uh, New York City at all. So many people in the town I grew up in as a young child, you know, commuted to the city for work. And a lot of the students I went to class uh, with had parents that worked in the vicinity, some in the trade center towers. Um, so I, like many, remember that day very clearly. But what's interesting is the fact that despite knowing that something went wrong that day, so I was in fifth grade when it happened. So it wasn't until maybe like, uh, I remember very vividly around maybe eighth or Ninth grade, uh, mm-hmm. so a couple years later, four years later, watching 9 11 conspiracy flash videos on different websites about the Pentagon, about how it could be uh, maybe it wasn't a plane, maybe this, the bombs, it's a controlled demolition. And I remember having a very visceral reaction as, as a young kid, eighth or ninth grade, thinking about how real that could be despite how little I know about the world. Because I remember thinking, I said, if this is true, why doesn't anyone do anything about it? Why? are we told otherwise? And that thought always stuck with me. And so I guess as I grew up, I always casually watched, you know, I watched Loose Change as, you know, when it came out, you know, all the 9-11 documentaries. So there's a few things that I was really fairly knowledgeable on. in that grant period before I woke up, nine eleven, UFOs, the pedophile problem—I actually just thought that was fake nonsense, you know. But that's a different story. But it just gives you an idea. So it wasn't until then uh, that I really got into it. I read up on the whole—you know—Bush did an—it's in, uh, an inside job, right—and um, Bush's connections. So I was on that level. Uh, never heard of the Israeli connection. Never heard of like these more. Tucked away, hidden type of uh, mm-hmm. pieces of evidence that do exist and are confirmably true, um, but yeah, that's that's my nine uh, eleven story, man. It was um, should change everything.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's not like I f- I feel like I'm still learning about it. It's exactly. been a while, and I'm glad we wanted to do this now because it had been a while since I dove right into the deep thick of the research. I kind of had spent like a good eleven years of my life on it, and then I yeah. just kind of went okay, well, one day. We'll find out, but uh, the, I'm glad we got to do this, and thanks to Adam for sending me all these links and everything. Um, where would you like to begin? I've got some of the slides here. This is kind of uh, th- what how this all started. And let's see if I can bring this up for y'all. Um, hey, look at that! I'm I'm tr- I'm saying y'all, no, I'm <laughs> not as Canadian as I used to be once upon a time. Uh, let me just pull this up so you guys can see. Okay, let me just go. Oh, wait a second. I mean,
1: Yeah, I got a few things I got queued up to. You got some? A little bit later on. Yeah, Yeah, I'm getting that beginning point as we speak here. And you know what? You know, it's funny you said something the same thing where it's like it's been a while since you delved deep into this um, because you researched it so thoroughly for 11 years. It's like you're exhausted and there's no new information. (laughs) That's kind of what I went through up until maybe like a week ago where, you know, I did all my catching up in 2016 when I initially kind of woke up. But since then, you know, I haven't really done any videos about it or anything. So I'm looking at this wall of links I have and sources and I'm like, holy shit, I forgot how much there was. But um, right. I think I have something good here. I think a good way to um, talk about 9 is the idea that The best way to bring people to understand why we doubt it is they have a tendency to go right to the idea of, um, oh, you really think it was bombs that brought it down? Oh, you really, the the go-to theories, right? The remote control planes, the bombs, the missile, these are things that normies know about, and because they know about it, they hear a missile hit the Pentagon instead of a plane. If I was one of them in their shoes, completely asleep, still plugged in, I mean, I don't doubt them for saying, no, a missile did not hit the Pentagon, because what do they actually know about the events? I mean, did they actually look at it, or did they just think it sounded ridiculous? and said, yeah, I'll go with that. Um, When you allow them to see a pattern that emerges by outlining a very specific data set that may not be as broad and represent the scope of the operation, as you said, this is a global operation uh, with multiple different entities that seem to be working in tandem with one another to uh, complete this. Um, You have to zoom in a little bit and show them the, the reality of things that they've never heard about. So I like to discuss with people that are kind of not in the know about the spirings uh, from Israel, the artists, that was going on in the years preceding 9-11, especially from the years 2000 to 2001. Now, they were dispersed across the United States. Um, they were in, uh, and they were visiting federal buildings, federal locations, specifically the DEA and uh, other federal entities. And they had these art por- portfolios, they're drawing, uh, drawing kits, right? And they'd walk into these places and they tried to solicit interests. Uh, among the agents, government workers, uh, to buy their art portfolio or to, um, I don't know, invest in like their art, whatever art company they're working with that's backing this. And, um, after a while they started sketching the interior of these buildings, entrances, exits, they'd follow some agents out of the buildings. Actually, they follow them to their homes. And it's not like, you know, top level DEA agents have publicly listed addresses and phone numbers. And yet somehow these Israeli artists had them. And this was going on simultaneously uh, across the country from 2000 to 2001 and probably was going on uh, in the years preceding that. Um, so that's a good starting point. And there's a Fox News clip that everyone can search. I, I forget the guy, the name of the guy that actually did. It. I believe it was Cameron something. So you can look that up on, on YouTube or elsewhere, actually is uh, that was the one that kind of broke it in the mainstream media and announced that there was this sprawling, massive Israeli espionage operation that seemed to get, um, include intelligence intelligence gathering. Um, so that's a good starting point because then people, if they don't fall for the anti-Semitism spell, right, that's been casted and immediately react in an emotional way saying, why are you right. pointing at the finger at a specific group of people that they kind of like to do in their cognitive dissonance? If they get through that. They're going to see an entirely different picture Uh, Of what what went down on that day, and it's it's pretty it's astonishing actually the full scope of this, and we barely know anything about it at all.
0: I think that the more coming out, uh, the more it comes out, we're going to see how just how deep this goes. And and uh, and to that point about people reacting, and and then on the other side saying, "Oh, it's all it's all Israel and Jews and all this kind of stuff." Like there's there's a way I think that they've uh, tried to create this another split. What, in my opinion, what we're dealing with with the architects of these events, there are levels of. It's the you got to start with these five eyes intelligence agencies, which are in all the countries. You got you know MI five, MI six, the CIA, NSA, the you know Mossad, the the whole thing. And when when you understand the origin of those organizations and who they really are. They are made up from people from different countries, different racial and religious and, and political affiliations, both left and right, doesn't matter. And they follow the orders that come from the tippy top of God knows what that runs the whole show. So we can't get stuck in just trying to point blame at certain groups, certain countries, certain things. And then even when you talk about something like China, for example, I, always try, I got a lot of Chinese friends. They're patriots. They know what's going on. They fled China. Uh, We say China, but what we really mean is specifically the Communist Party of China, which was set up and sponsored by these Western elites, etc. And so just differentiating those things, I think, is really important. We're not against anybody. We're not saying anything. We just want to know exactly, specifically who did it, why they did it, who they were in league with. And how they pulled it off?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and and I, I I'm glad you said that because that's one of these things. As I said before, my main goal is to get to the uninitiated, and that is one thing they have to understand, right? They're bombarded with images of uh, literal, you know, uh, mentally unwell people that are selectively cherry pick footage of the, you know these rabid QAnoners. It's an imminent danger. Meanwhile, there's people like you and I that are just respectfully, calmly engaging in discourse. Uh, absolutely baffled as to the verifiable factual evidence that is presented to us. And there should be no reason to be upset with anyone that examines this evidence, no matter where it brings you. You shouldn't even be afraid to ask about it. Um, but obviously, we've we've transcended that. We're much uh, further gone than that. And uh, so anyway, I'm glad you said this because people are just so sensitive. And honestly, it doesn't even have anything to do with them other than the fact that they're from that country. And that's just one element of all this. The Israeli story yeah. won't be the entire breadth and scope of this operation you've got Saudi interests at play here. You've got multiple countries because when it comes down to it, you have to think about who would benefit from these attacks. Is there anyone that benefited from these attacks? It's the old story about, you know, there's a domestic incident. Um, you know, a man kills his wife, right? And suddenly he gets life insurance money. Well, let's let's take a look at this guy. The timing is interesting. It's in every police show. It's the same thing. Who benefited from these attacks right off the bat? And I think anybody, can everybody can universally agree that there's no reason we shouldn't look at those folks, you know. So when you talk about I don't know, maybe taking out terrorist insurance on the World Trade Center towers that you own uh, months before the attacks, maybe I'll give a maybe I'll give you another look over, make sure there wasn't anything funky going on. And that's the level that we're at here. If you add enough of those details up, they're curious and they keep repeating. You know, it's the old saying, you know, how, how often do you need to see coincidences for them to remain coincidences alone? And we're not trying to even hypothesize about what happened, but I mean, of course, we all are, but my approach to all of this is just trying to illuminate that to people when they see that come up above the surface that's when they start questioning things a little bit, even if they don't vocalize it
0: yeah yeah no, that's a good point i I agree and um when I realized just how big this level of things are, um, you, 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 all that stuff kind of falls away. And the other thing I'll just say really quick is I've been in this field for a long time. I've seen a lot of these little cliques jump up, especially in the 9-11 camp. They're fighting amongst themselves even more viciously than they're fighting against the mainstream media at this point, which is to me just... I mean, I guess it's human nature. This is just what happens. Everybody finds their hill to die on and it's their, their, everybody wants their evidence to be seen and their researchers, the one and all that. And I get it normal. I can understand that. But like I'm friends with everybody that's just trying to find the truth. I don't care what group you come from. I know some amazing, amazing researchers that come from uh, different sides of the political or religious spectrum than I'm on. I know some amazing people in the Q movement. I know some amazing people that hate the Q movement. I know some, like, it does, none of this shit should matter. What's the truth? That's all that really matters. Forget all your affiliations. Forget, they, you know who's laughing behind the lodge doors that we're all tearing each other to bits right now? Especially in Canada, where the only resistance we have is all fighting amongst themselves already about who's the shill, who's this and that. Like, shut up. Let's focus on who the real bad guys are here and unite at least around that. So I just had to say that because this gets really testy and I just want everybody to calm down a little bit and let's focus on what is the truth. Put all our biases aside, clean slate, start from scratch. The truth is all that matters and that's all I'm trying to get to. So with that, you're talking about these artists. I've got all these photos. I don't know if you you have some things you want to share yes. and go through or how you want to do that. It might be easier.
1: Yeah, let me get that for you right now. Okay. All right, so... I've got, let's start with once again the year preceding 9 uh, 11. I can be verbose, so I'll try and keep this succinct for everybody. Let me just pull this up. I'm working on that right now. Okay, so what you're going to see is there's multiple pieces of evidence that suggest there was foreknowledge there, and that's going to be like another data set that's very uh, helpful when determining exactly what's going on with this entire situation and get people questioning what exactly happened on that day. Give me one moment here. I'm just opening up the website right now. There's a bunch of, t- I got a bunch of like different images for you guys. So I'm Good, excited man. to show you. Yeah, yeah, we got you. All right.
0: We are actually just pause for a sec. I'll do an announcement while you're pulling that in. Sure. Um, and I'll see it here once you share the screen and I'll bring it up when you want. Um, I just got, I've literally just texted me now. I, uh, I had a friend of mine who is an anonymous sort of source of mine. He's a police officer. I'm not going to name any names. Um, and he put me in touch with another police officer in Canada that just joined the police on guard for the organization. And he just came out and gave a scathing criticism of what the government is doing in Canada. He's, uh, desperate to get this information out. And I got put in touch with him. He literally just texts me back. He is going to come on live and share what he knows, uh, at six thirty Pacific time, nine thirty Eastern time. So I'm going to end this show when we're finished up here grab a bite to eat, and then we're back for another show. So you guys get two shows today. Um, This is all just happening live in real time. So I just wanted to announce that. So that'll be good as well. So anywho, I think I see that here. Do you want me to bring this up for you?
1: Yeah, there you go. Sorry. I wasn't exactly sure how the share screen mechanism works. I'm going to blow out the visuals there for a moment. There you you go. Okay. There
0: we go. Okay. So
1: this is a pretty good source here. It's an older website, but it's a, it's a good general breakdown as to what exactly uh, the curiosity is with these with these artists. And as you'll see here, there's there's a, a picture of the World Trade Center tower and the windows towards the top are illuminated with what we can see as being uh, E-Team. And the way they did this is by uh, extinguishing lights on multiple floors and leaving others illuminated to show E-Team. Now, if you... And this was done.
0: Sorry, this was done by this Israeli artist team.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely, okay. yep. So this is uh, a team of Israeli artists that you know uh, technically were covered as being separate than these uh, you know uh, different espionage teams that were operating at the same time. But one of them seems to have been operating in the Trade Center towers, and it takes time to do these things. So we, they, they had full access to the buildings during the time uh, in which they were conducting these art exhibitions. And this is only one of them conducted by one team that's connected to these Israelis. So they were camping out in the building, sleeping there overnight and consecutive days in some cases for the entirety of the preceding year up to 9-11. As you can see, we have the blast point of the uh, plane here that oddly matches up with exactly where the art (laughs) exhibition went down. Now. Yeah. This right off the bat sounds strange. It sounds wacky, crazy, but I'm not going to go out and say that there's a direct connection, but we've got these little iterations, suggestions, uh, hints that there is some type of foreknowledge. So it, he basically starts off by uh, saying that he wants to call the attention of the group E-Team and Gelatin. So this is the E-Team guys, but Gelatin were a little bit different in the sense that here's an image of them inside the and towers. they're another
0: team they're another art team I guess yeah
1: right yep, yep. and you can um, they're the ones known for their sketches. Now gelatin is technically an Austrian group. Um, it's a group of mm. artists from Vienna Austria right but they had ties to these Israeli artists as well and they were both connected to the World Trade Center tower in terms of uh, you know the type of operation that they were conducting at the time but they're the ones that made these types of sketches here. And they made these series of sketches before the attacks happened, and they've got some very strange markings on them. They've got like a coded set of time frames here, where they you know notate certain parts. This is obviously the w- roof of the World Trade Center
0: tower. Now, honestly, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing any of the pictures. If you're bringing oh, anything else, just okay. so you know, I don't you know. You got if, it. Uh, Let me see. Got
1: it. Sorry about that. I thought it was falling along in live time.
0: Oh no, that's okay. It should if you just scroll it. But do another share, and then I'll pull it back on for you.
1: I see. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Doing it right now for you. So these the these body. get really strange when you fully understand the implications of what you might be seeing here. All right. Hopefully that does the trick. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So this And, is we, one and just the...
0: before we before we jump, we can share a link to all this somehow, or let people know where to go look at these themselves
1: absolutely so what i'll do is i'll yeah i'll put that in a document for everyone um i've got it already in a document i just gotta save it as a pdf and i got you guys for sure so i'll post that up on my twitter gab etc but no problem but yeah so this is just a picture off the bat that wouldn't lend to any suspicion right off the bat uh it's just interesting in the diagramming but you'll notice that it's a process it's a flow actually where they've got lines leading to the chronological events of i guess whatever these art people had plans because it's notated breakfast at 7.04 a.m. sunrise, uh, what is that, 6.59 a.m. So just not strange right off the bat, but there are other examples of this strange type of behavior. So I'm gonna switch screens here again because this is an actual construction they made in the World Trade Center buildings. Now this gets to an entirely different level of suspicion because now this is manipulation of the physical, excuse me, physical elements within the World Trade Center building. So they were changing things within the buildings. They were knocking windows out. They were moving things around. This wasn't just painting or, or things like that. They constructed an actual balcony on these buildings and this was covered by the way by uh um, do you know
0: how how like far in advance of the attacks this happened
1: yeah there's a timeline here somewhere most of this went down uh from 2000 to 2001 though that seemed to be like the major major so uptick in, of this activity right. but they're probably going on even uh even longer
0: as someone's saying in the chat e-team explosive team
1: Exactly. Yeah. So what they're referencing there is the idea that, yeah, perhaps this was some type of uh, signaling, right? E-team, explosive team. I'm not saying that's what it is, but I'm glad they brought it up because it's once again, one of those coincidences, gelatin yeah. being a type of maybe a type of uh, explosive, the the mm. type of putty that you mold onto, I don't know, like steel girders and things like that, right. uh, which certainly wouldn't come in handy if you had any type of, uh, you know, major plans here. Okay, so I think I actually found it here. This is the other construction that they did. It's actually very eerie. Um, As you can see, if you zoom in, there's a lady or it might be a a man. I'm not even entirely sure. It gets a little blurry, but this is the side of the World Trade Center uh, before 9-11. And there they're standing on a balcony that they constructed. So they had permission to do all of this. And you have to remember that Israel has mandatory um, military. So you have to, you know, conscripted for the military at a pretty young age. And I don't know what it is specifically, maybe 18. Let's just say that for the sake of example. So these people, just by default, if if these Israelis artists are over the age of 18, and there was hundreds of them, by the way, doing all of this for that year, uh, they'll all have military service. They all might have explosive ordnance experience, signals intelligence. And we came to find out that that's indeed the type of experience they had, as opposed to military experience on the other side of the spectrum, that wouldn't be useful for the hypothetical operation of, I don't know, maybe controlled demolition, planting the bombs under the guise of an art exhibition being done over the course of time within the buildings. It would be a massive so, effort, you
0: know? And so, how do we know that? Do we, did they, was this just like a, they, they just talk about it openly or, or how can we validate that they had that experience, do you think?
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So it was confirmed that members of these uh, groups were tied to the actual Israel Mossad agency. And this was actually published on Fox News. There is a video out there. It was a might have even been maybe a four or five part series. And just by default, they also the paperwork in the documents do show that they were confirmed connected to the military. They served in the military, and uh, they—I don't know the breakdown of exactly which uh, which person was which—but they all had intelligence uh, Uh, backgrounds. 100% verifiable, yes. But I would suggest all the viewers, if they're not aware of that, to uh, you know, that makes it easy for you. Check out the uh, Fox News clip on that, and I'll once again get the links together for you guys later. But yeah, confirmable for sure.
0: Okay, cool. So you got two teams, essentially, and there probably were more, but this um, this sort of write-up. Was this write-up that you were referring to, um, this wasn't something you wrote, right? This was something posted on the board somewhere or something? Absolutely. yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I found this on a website that's called uh, markdotzler.com, uh, I believe it is. And Gelatin, actually, the image that I just showed you is actually from Gelatin's art website themselves. Uh, okay. So they made a booklet of all these drawings, and I'm actually about to trying to speed up the pace here, but there's more haunting ones as, as well. And these I actually have handy, but these include people jumping off the buildings as well. Uh, so they're very clearly hinting at something that's, that's about to happen because it mimics identically, uh, what did end up happening. So I'm going to go ahead and share this image because this is where it gets a little spooky when it comes to these sketches, these drawings that they were doing. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me get back to here. Sure. Okay. Perfect. Excellent.
0: All right. I think I know the one you're talking about. It's yeah, really you, you probably do. A, yeah, some of them. Some of them look like schematas or something. Like some of these just look like. Like they're trying to give you like the schematic of how they're gonna build the things and then all of a sudden you get these weird ones
1: Exactly. That's exactly okay. it. The, the, the when you say like schematics blueprints directions, it's almost like these are yeah, there you go. Guides, you know directions under the guise of it being an art project So here we can see another drawing by by these art group here You can see the World Trade Center towers and here they draw what they title as being gelatin's 20-minute balcony So that's the balcony. I just showed you Above the World Trade Center is a circle, and it says fluffy clouds, last chance to open a parachute, uh, God-boring airplane food is, is another one.
0: Hmm. And if you can continue look at the to- go- whole, Look at that little, look at where it says gelatin's last minute balcony. Look where yep. it's positioned. It's hmm. like positioned where the plane allegedly hit.
1: Right. and Whatever uh, it was that hit it basically positioned in a very similar area as the separate group E team did their little light art exhibition as well. So you can go even further up uh, than this, and you can see this here, satellite phone talk with mama, Uh, funnies on satellite TV. So you have this mentions of satellites, satellites. And at the time, uh, Israeli operatives, you know, they're probably talking with satellite phones. And in fact, one of them that was a cousin of the alleged hijacker was using satellite phones for his entire espionage career with uh, Israel. So there's even tangential connections among all of these uh, entities that are involved with 9-11. There are family members, uh, acquaintances that do tie back to um, Israel's Mossad. So let's go down even further because this is where it gets very spooky. Uh, if you go down, this is now underground beneath the World Trade Center. Right. Now you have a blast here. Excuse me. Where is you? Yeah. Okay. So hole to escape shame. Hidden military action is another one.
0: Hidden military
1: action. And now these would be the basement of the World Trade Center tower. And you might recall there was an eyewitness that I believe might've been a custodian, some type of property manager that he, his job was to upkeep the towers. He was in the basement uh, right before the first plane impact. And uh, he reported. Uh, being victim of a gigantic explosion that happened uh, in the basement. And he said it was about four stories down, and that would add up with the schematic here, the drawing. And he got blown backwards, was injured. Seconds later, another explosion occurred above him, and that was the plane. So it almost looks like there was like a simultaneous detonation of some sort. Something else and there's many up.
0: witnesses. There, there's firefighters sitting there talking about this. There, there's like, there was bombs in the basement. We've all seen those clips. I hope you have. If you haven't, go watch Loose Change.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And they talk about that in the lobby as well. When the uh, firefighters were rescuing people and they're you know, the last people to get out before it collapsed, when they ran through the lobby, they explained that the lobby just simply wasn't there anymore. And yep. something had to shake the lobby so much to the point where that's destroyed more than some of the floors above it, which is closer to the plane impact, which is interesting. So what blew the lobby up? And people describe the same type of Uh, secondary explosion. Even some are caught on video as well, guys. You could see it in news clips. You could see it from the handheld camera footage taken that day from the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, Those videos are available publicly. And there's, there's a lot of testimony. So this is Another drawing. Let me see if it stayed up to date with uh is that still can you guys see this on yep. the balcony here?
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. I
1: mean, come on. You know, what do you think of it? What's your first guttural reaction? Both you and the viewers. Like, what do you think when you see this? It's haunting in my I'm opinion. Nauseous
0: when I see it. Because of what course, you know, the people, and I've seen a few comments in here that are a couple of young ones are joining us. that like I didn't, I wasn't old enough for 9-11. So just so you know, people started jumping out of the towers before they came down. And there's some famous photographs. One of them, which is uh, talked about in this book, the most dangerous book in the world, is the falling man, and he's actually falling exactly in the position of the hanged man of the in the tarot cards, exactly. Right. Like, and it's like it's so weird and creepy. And that was the image that they used on the cover of, I believe, the New York Times uh, to talk about the fact that people started jumping out of the buildings. Um, and then of course, now we've got these artist drawings that were done before the attacks happened by a bunch of artists. I mean, holy shit.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, it gets even worse than this, it, it, you know, in a way, I guess you can argue that. So we have another drawing here that shows the World Trade Center tower in three different iterations, one here, one here and uh, one down there. So the first one is once again, notated very amazing building on the outside. It's got an arrow to the top, very depressing building. Uh, on the inside it's got another arrow depressing is an interesting choice of of words to, yes. to use because i wouldn't call it a normal office building that just happens to be higher than a lot of the others as as depressing necessarily um and you just have all this breakthrough we want to then it's some are redacted here cr- crossed out but then they have an arrow from one to the second tower saying deep pression inside so they say deep depressing pression. twice but notice the spelling yeah deep and then pression as if there's some type of act that's going to uh, condense the physical uh, towers. And as you can see, it says amazement outside, as if they can, you know, this is in a way, if you were to uh, examine this, if this didn't have anything to do with 9-11 and we're looking at this wonderful piece of art in a university somewhere, art class, uh, you would say that, oh, well, that's probably referencing all the people that witnessed the spectacle of a skyscraper turning to dust, kind of like this picture shows, you know, very curious. And you've got the, of course, the other balcony here. and. This was this came from a uh, uh, a post on a website, so I'm not going to show you this mass text. It's just a guy's uh, personal interpretation as to what you're seeing here. So once again, another he's, HD photo here that shows. He's that got, side.
0: yeah, he's got. I think in that post, he's got the quote from when Trump called in to the, a radio show, and they were asking Trump, "They're like, you know, you're, you've you've built a lot of buildings, you've demoed a like, what do you think?" And he actually says, "It looks like a demolition." Right. And and there's a quote in there. I'll I'll try to find it where while you're looking for something there. But I think that's kind of an interesting thing because everybody was saying this. It's like even the there was one of the newscasters. I'm trying to remember who it was, CBS News or something where they were saying it looks like a controlled demolition. Like what you see when they bring a building down in Vegas or whatever. They say that during this live uh, operation. But it was interesting that Trump had called in and mentioned it as well.
1: Yeah, I came across that when I was uh, gathering all of this. I came across that the other day. Very interesting on top of the fact that he straight up mentioned that. And there was several, several people, newscasts, people on the ground. They were saying exactly that. I mean, at the the immediate aftermath, you know, in, in the moments, the day after. From, that was still a normal thing to consider because we didn't have answers at the time you know it could have been that people were still thinking that that was probably a possibility uh, right. until they conce- you know uh, congealed the narrative and slapped that with us where it was Osama bin Laden you know and and just 19 hijackers that somehow were able to pilot the planes like they did uh, despite being very bad at flying very small planes according to the people that trained them in flight school so very curious things with that but this is probably one of the more interesting uh, documents. So I want to kind of fast forward here because there is more to the Israeli artists, but we do have a foundational understanding now that they had access to the towers for a year leading up to the attacks. There's a lot of room to move around. They slept there. They ate there. They had intimate time to make constructions within the building. So if you guys can envision that leading up to 9-11 now, 9-11 happens. The attacks are ongoing. And one of the simple ways to get to people is, did you know say something, frame it like, did you know that the only people that were arrested in relation to the 9-11 attacks on that very same day were a separate group of Israelis that were seen filming the attacks from a roof uh, as it was ongoing? And the eyewitness said that they were there on that roof even before the first plane struck. So they had, once again, maybe foreknowledge, And they were arrested on a bridge by the police. And these are the documents here. And this is a document breaking down what was in possession uh, of this group of people. And they were pulled over in a uh, van owned by a company called Urban Moving Systems. And we'll get to that in just a second. But that's a direct Mossad intelligence tie. It was a front. I think campaign. I have the
0: I have the video on this. But Perfect. Keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. No problem.
1: It. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is just an a breakdown of what was in the van at the time so notebooks item number 35 vacuuming black organizer but what you should direct your attention to is this item number 15 fabric sample explosive residue in parentheses next to it mm-hmm. item number 17 control swabs bomb suits uh, item number 34 blanket samples for explosive residues so clearly there was some type of indication that they were handling Explosives. Now you pair that up with their mandatory mandatory um, military service being involved in explosive ordnance units, signals intelligence, and you know it, it. Kind of the pieces start to sort of come together now. Well, and we have the
0: video of the dancing Israelis. You remember yes. this video? This winter, I, I I was shocked at how many years went by before any a lot of these nine eleven researchers would even talk about this. But you had. I I should have pulled the video up, but if people go look it up, the dancing Israelis, just go look. They're dancing after as the towers are falling. Who's dancing and celebrating after these towers come down other than the people that did it or were part of it or just loved that they were coming down? Like either way, it's a really freaky video to watch.
1: Right. And that's right off the bat. Uh, worthy of suspicion, fair, reasonable suspicion, because on that day, most people were not behaving that way. So it begs the question, why is a very, very small percent, only five of them behaving in exactly that way. And in fact, when they got pulled over on the bridge and arrested, uh, they st- were yelling at the police officer. And there's an in- one interview out there with this police officer that was the arresting officer uh, for, for these people in the urban moving systems van. Uh, they blurted out, the driver blurted out something. Uh, by the way, they had guns drawn. The pol- They would not get out of the vehicle. The police had guns trained on them. So you can imagine, this is a tense situation, what you saw in the city, and now this. You don't know who these guys are. It's very tense. And he said, we are not your enemies. Uh, You know, we're your friends. Palestine is the is the anime, right? It's like, why would you say that in that instant, that moment? Very freaky. And it's basically a good overlook and good, uh, you know, generalization, a summary of what all this was. These attacks were very beneficial to very powerful groups of people that would benefit from twenty years of nonstop carnage uh, with really nothing to show from it in the end. You know, you say there's some WMDs over there. Well, let's go get it, and nothing was. Everyone kind of loses in the end, but that was the plan. The idea of multiple countries taking down like dominoes, right? Whether it's Libya, Syria, etc. And most of them have been collapsed post 9-11. That was our in over there. And a lot of people benefited from it.
0: And don't forget the number one country they wanted to take down was America because, and, and the, the trade centers, Uh, We're dealing with the communist international, the Islamo-communist faction in the Middle East, and also uh, levels of this that have infiltrated all spheres of government and intelligence. It's a huge spectrum to think about, but just think about it like this. There are people that have uh, a different view of the world, and they're highly funded and financed by some very wealthy and powerful people who would benefit from removing any obstacle in their path. And the number one obstacle to the globalist UN global government agenda is free market economies, which is Western civilization, America being at the head of that, and um, anybody that would want to resist essentially the complete collectivization of the entire world under the banner of one central authority. So these types of attacks have financial benefits for lower level minions, okay, like the guys that take out insurance policies or whatever, Uh, what's his name, who was saying, oh, we said we're going to pull the building. Because building seven is the end of the discussion to me. Lucky Larry. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like all these popular mechanics, science. I'm like, get out of here. Building seven, a couple bits of debris comes down. It's reinforced on multiple levels because it housed like the FBI headquarters, intelligence agencies. This thing could have withstood like missile attacks, let alone a little bit of flaming debris on eight floors, bringing it down in like free fall speed into its own footprint. I'm sorry. You didn't sell me on that one. Call me whatever you want.
1: Right. And, and the attention they put on it was far less than the attention they put on the towers. And in a way that's kind of reasonable just because of what a spectacle, you know, spectacle, the towers collapsing were, um, Just due to their size, but uh, you know the building might as well have just fainted hours later, like it just gave up and it had a busy day, and then nothing was just kind of tucked away. And people don't question. The same thing can be said about the Pentagon. Maybe not as much, but no one ever thinks about why is there no footage uh, from the Pentagon strike right after this horror? Exactly, nothing. Not a single CCTV. We've just got those crappy frames uh, that may have even been manipulated. If you were to uh, refer to uh, uh, the documentary "9/11: A New Pearl Harbor," they assert that the officially Release footage on that uh I think it's like a toll booth camera like an entrance gate into the pentagon the f- only piece of footage we have and there's a frame missing according to them and that frame well, would have showed the entire body it would have shown and and this right? is
0: this is the thing man is and they're doing this with the pandemic they're doing this with the election fraud they did this with jfk they're doing they're doing this with all this stuff okay where they go okay here's what happened and you're kind of going well what, that doesn't really line up uh to reality w- w- show us the footage show us the actual show it and then it's over there's no conspiracy theories anymore just show us the evidence and we're we're out of here that's right? it simple like, as that d- done but they still haven't done it yet no. No. and who does that who right. who isn't like if you're in the, if you're on the side of the truth and you really want the truth to come out you would do every you'd be like oh guys big misunderstanding our bad we we miscommunicated here's the footage of whatever hit the pentagon here's right. the actual like like here's the black box from the thing. Here's the you know what they did? They packed up all the evidence and shipped it off to China within day. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like yep. And got rid of and it. And then and then BBC ends up reporting Building Seven collapsing before it report before it collapses. You're so right. then a person like me goes, whoa 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 whoa, that's a little weird. Can you guys <laughs> yeah. answer that? And then all these guys do is just run circles and delay and don't talk. And you're like, and then even the 9/11 Commission report they had to fight to get that done. And it was Mm -hmm. done by the victims of the people that died in the trade center. They had to actually like, they didn't, it's not like Bush was like, Oh guys, this happened. We need to investigate this. He wasn't going to investigate it. They had to get him to investigate it. And then what was it like seven out of 10 or 11 of these nine 11 commission report writers came out later and said it was underfunded. It was doomed to fail. It was missing information. Yeah. We had, we, we basically were banging our head against the wall. And so we can't rely on the, anything in that commission report. That's yep. most of the people that did the official story report that are saying that. So right. for the people to come around and go, oh, you guys are just a bunch of crazy. It's like, get, get you, it's,
1: it's unreasonable. And on. that's, yeah, there's no reason not to think that there's something going on there, you know? And by the yeah. way, that land. They destroyed the evidence at is uh, uh, justifiably named fresh fresh kills right so it's a very fitting name to send rubble off to from a skyscraper in a record amount of time rather than I don't know sift through it and and you know maybe give a little bit of extra effort there you know and you know I one thing that's kind of underrepresented. Uh, people don't really talk about as much either. There's all the people that died after the fact, breathing in the asbestos. That was yes. a kind of a minor angle, but another intriguing one because lucky Larry, the pullet guy that you mentioned before that owns these properties. Well, these are old buildings, okay? Yeah. And if you want to look in the dated construction of the World Trade Center towers for your occult fancy, you know, for those of you that are into this, there's some numerology stuff that's kind of fun, just coincidental again, but we're already multiple, several coincidences deep, so why stop now? Yeah. Um, You know, so he not only says the pull it thing, what do you mean by pull Tower 7? Like, how do you know it was going to collapse, right? And he apparently did. Another example of uh, foreknowledge the terrorism insurance in July of 2001 on the Twin Towers. Uh, Once again, very convenient, possibly foreknowledge. Um, But asbestos removal is a very uh, expensive endeavor, especially for a building that's not going to sell, like a property that's not going to sell very good just due to the age of the buildings, the state of them, they weren't upgraded until very later, uh, close to before they were collapsed, right? They were out of date in terms of like uh, technologically, wiring and stuff like that. Just bring them down technically, right? He made off with more money due to the terrorism insurance uh, as compared to he would have netted a negative had had they never collapsed, right? Because he would have had, that's it. So that's profit-driven motives there too. There was insider trading going on uh, Mm -hmm. for airline stocks that morning as well. So people that had stock in these different airline companies, there was some very strange movements in terms of swapping these stocks, getting rid of them, not touching them anymore, or buying certain stocks. And that's provable. And there was an investigation into it. It was covered by the mainstream media. But like many other aspects, these elements of foreknowledge or suggestions of foreknowledge are forgotten about. There was an Israeli technology company. Let's go back to the technology side of this and how these all are intertwined because you have to infiltrate excuse me, infiltrate these different institutions in order to control the narrative, control the story around this. That's the most important thing. Not so much getting it done, but hiding how you did it. And that's what we slave over and probably will for the rest of our lives, trying to figure it out. But Odigo is an Israeli-owned technology company that some of their employees came under fire and the company itself came came under fire because they have records that messages were sent warning other Israeli employees of that company. Uh, not to go anywhere near the towers. There was something that was going to happen. Once again, a high-level official investigation ensued by the FBI, uh, and it was dropped uh, months later. Some of them were blatantly dropped. Others were just kind of caught in this purgatory and still are, by the way. You know, new Saudi Arabia declassified documents. They never get renewed because of it's going to damage our interests with, you know, Saudi Arabia. So there's still things that are investigations that are ongoing, and we just can't get any info on them because they won't release mm-hmm. them. And there's others that were just straight up dropped. And I saw someone in the comment, and it ties into what I'm saying now, did the dancers ever get interrogated? Yes, they did. And going with what I just said, the ones that were arrested in the van, you know, as I just said, high level negotiations took place between Israel and America, and they were released after a couple of months. So whoever these people were, just your lowly artists, right? Uh, They were important enough to prompt two countries to have to negotiate their release and the owner of the company who owns the van that they were driving dominic Suter, um, he created urban moving systems he fled to israel immediately after the attacks and he was put on the official list of um people that were responsible that were looking for for 9 11. he was next to osama bin laden on that <laughs> list so once again wow. these are not things that no you know non-suspicious people uh these things don't happen, you know. To we're not going to be put on a nine eleven list next to Osama, no matter how you could try to, and you still wouldn't be able to do it. So clearly, what they're up to prompted a massive high level response.
0: Well summarized. There, um, one thing I was going to feed into that was also the fact that there were. This is another telltale of false flag type events. And by the way, the term false flag talks about how the pirates and the British fleets, you know, they used to switch their flags and all that. So there's a history there. But false flag event just means. It's fake and they use it for other means. Um, So if it was false flag, there's some good telltale signs. Number one, there was exercises going on before leading up to and during the actual event that took place. This happened with the London bombing. This happened with numerous other events, some of these shootings. And this happened with the pandemic. Hello, event 201. Let's just practice this shit right before we roll all this out. I mean, You don't have to really be really, really intelligent to pick up on this. And this maybe leads me to this idea that they want us to know that this is part, this is why I take on the occult level of this is because there's something that happens when you study uh, serial killers. Okay. This is an interesting rabbit hole for people to look at. Look at a lot of the, look, look at the Zodiac killer, for example, or the son of Sam or whatever. What they like to do is first of all, they like to take trophies and they like to boast and brag about how incredibly smart and intelligent they are. They can't help themselves. It's not enough to just go and barbarically murder somebody because you're a crazy psycho. You have to tell the you need the detectives to follow some crazy trail of like drops and information in order to find the next symbol that's going to lead them to this new. And they love to do that. So they like to and they also like to tell their victims how they're going to die and what's going to happen. It's really sick and twisted. So if we're dealing with that level of psychopathy here, it wouldn't really be much of a stretch for you to understand that they want you to know and part of the mind control is they're trying to create cognitive dissonance. So they're going to tell you that, oh, all those guys are just crazy. They're just crazy. There's nothing to see here. Meanwhile, they'll allow information such as from platform, they'll allow it to come out because they know the average person can't handle that level of entertaining two different ideas it overpowers their psyche they're just like look i can't think anymore there's too much information i can't validate so i'm just going with the official story so they know how to corral thoughts so i kind of threw a lot in there but Go ahead. And no, it makes perfect
1: sense. That's exactly it. You're corralling these people's thoughts. And you are right. You know, not everyone has the time to do this. I mean, even myself I'm strapped with time, sometimes it takes, uh, yeah. you know, an extensive amount of effort and time uh, to be able to sift through what's real, what's not. Where do I even find this information? So people who are uh, limited, like an average user might not even know about the Wayback machine, someone who only uses the internet mm-hmm. for social media, which is an easy fix for sources that are no longer available because they've been deleted. But that's an easy fix for people like you and I. But that's something that would derail someone that's actually interested for the first time in their lives about, let me see what those 9-11 conspiracy theories are about. They give Mm -hmm. up because they hit too many 404 errors because the old sources aren't, aren't available anymore. So that's another way to corral their thought. They didn't perceive the evidence that they tried to access. Therefore, I'm just lazy. I'm not going to do it again. I've got work tomorrow, et cetera. And that is something that's standing in the way, which is why having conversations like this, where we really try and stick to the facts and just demonstrate here, uh, that this is viewable to you. You can do this right now. Anyone that's skeptical. And I do have a backup here. If you want to share this, I do have a list of all the exercises that was going on that day.
0: Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yup. So I got you on
1: on that. So this is NORAD. They were having like a series of exercises in the year preceding nine 11. And once again, sort of like the convenient, uh, uh, the convenience of having these artists that were in the towers be associated with specifically explosive ordnance and signals intelligence, so too are the NORAD drills, very specific. So here at the bottom, the drills that were going on uh, via NORAD on September 9th, 2001, terrorists with explosives who plan to detonate them over New York City. That is the hijack summary of the official. This is the official NORAD document here, a spreadsheet of all the activities that was going on and you can this is them just to
0: clarify this is them talking about practice drills exercises you know
1: Absolutely. And there's a reason. So once again, when people hear the conspiracy theories about this, you know, school shootings are fake and the and the school shooting drills that happened before them, they naturally will say that sounds ridiculous. But actually, if you look, there's multiple examples of this going on even outside of nine eleven. I don't know what it means, but I do know that it's a reoccurring thing. And there's a lot of this. And the most important thing about this too, by the way, is that it featured an overhaul of NORAD's computer systems, right, and it rerouted the fighter jets that would have ordinarily been scrambled to shoot down the hijacked airliners before they even impacted uh, the buildings. Um, But that didn't happen because they were all rerouted towards the west coast to do uh, this type of training. And at least one of them might not be this one I just showed you specifically, but there were several going on and uh on that morning one was going on that featured false radar returns um, on norad systems so they couldn't even identify which were the false simulated norad radar returns that they had planned that day you know they came down and that's a huge issue because now everyone's scrambling you know to Mm -hmm. identify which planes are which um and finally when they identify them they can't even what does it matter because there's no fighter jets in the area that are you know locked and loaded or having ordnance aboard ready for, you know, initiation at a drop of a hat. So it's almost like, you know, it doesn't prove that some type of foreknowledge happened and, you know, they're involved with this, but once again, add it to a coincidence folder. Is to me it's very significant.
0: Yeah, and that's what we're doing here guys. We're asking questions and we should. You should be yeah. celebrating the fact that conspiracy theories exist and conspiracy theorists exist because we're trying to do the digging that your media won't do because they're all owned by the people who are suspected of committing a lot of these atrocities. And so you you have to look at it like we're trying to be take part in this world that we live in. And this is how we secure our freedom. If you don't take part in it, it's just going to run you over. And then one day you wake up and you're in you're in a totalitarian state who you, and now look what's happening. The censorship level. I remember, um, certain people would get censored with the nine 11 stuff back in the day, but I've never seen anything like what we've just gone through in the last two years when it comes to censorship. It's just another level. And it, it's like, they slowly got it to this point and look what they're doing. They're actually justifying a lot of the reasons for censoring people about the pandemic and all this kind of stuff using 9-11 and other things as a reason why they're like, look, all those crazy conspiracy theorists, they just got out of control. So we can't let that happen again with this event. So we're going to have a bunch of fact-checking websites come out and flag everybody. We're going to start deplatforming people. And it's like, you guys got to think the real culprits of these past false flag events have not been rested. So it's very, very logical for you to go, well, if they've done this in the past and they never got caught could they do it again? <laughs> I think right. the answer is exactly.
1: pretty obvious. right yeah surely if they did it once surely they'll never do it again. Yeah. Right? it's if just a one time thing just yeah. yeah. if they seize a little bit of power out of sheer fear of the populace right surely they give it back in the end. surely you know no oh, more yeah. surveillance domestic surveillance and that's the main thing let's name it something uh, i don't know positive like the patriot act. so this is these are <laughs> stepping stones in a way. let's you know exactly. because we're patriotic humans. We're all playing a part. Look at me, right? Because of course, it sounds good, Patriot Act, but within it is basically the the infrastructure required to. Build the systems that are currently stomping us out like like insects, uh, yeah. algorithmically targeted algorithmic technology that knows quite a bit about you. There's there's people, including people, I, I'll admit to it, who hasn't typed something into a search browser that you know is just very either you're curious about yourself. People Google medical needs. Why do I have headaches all the time? Why do I feel X mm. Y and Z? Right, things that they might not have told friends, family, or whatever. They don't even have to be negative things, by the way. Um, and that is a lot of power for them to have, and they have it all combined, but that's the main, they have the data. And it's because of 9-11 that the NSA was overhauled, that all of these surveillance technologies were were, uh, weaponized against us, kicked into high gear in a way. But for a while, I I feel like, this is speculation on this part, but it feels like they weren't able to really combine all of it and effectively weaponize it against us. Like we saw in starting in 2016, like you started this uh, conversation with, that was an entirely different thing. I'm fairly young, so obviously I haven't experienced anything like it, but most people that have been around a while, haven't experienced anything like it in no, instances have happened in the past, but I remember the old days of being able to find these conspiracy videos, multitudes of dot. Die- you just type it Aquarian. It doesn't matter what browser you're not thinking about those things. And at the drop of a hat, uh, immediately, uh, after the elections of 2016, you can they, they got the gears turning on that and the they fruits, yeah. right. They shut it down. The fruits of the labor of nine 11 have come to fruition. And now we're so far past Patriot act looks tame to what we're about to, um, endure in terms of the threat technology poses to our minds and society itself.
0: Yep. Yeah. There's some great comments here. Uh, Silosopher, really sick name, by the way, on, um, live, He says James Corbett has a lot of great videos about this. Yeah. Good buddy Love from James. Canada. Love yeah. James. He's doing a great job. Uh, Chelsea says 9-11, 20th anniversary is coming up. Also with everything going on in Afghanistan, it's very relevant. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. It's true. And then I've got a few from Foxhole that keep going up. Hello, Foxhole. Sorry, we're not trying to leave you out of this. Wow, there are. There's, there's like rabbit holes happening on the foxhole right now oh, I, love I, it. Saying, I love it yeah uh Ki- kiwi is saying uh, kiwi crochet girl is saying there's still oh, oh it's jumping come on where's Kiwi? <laughs> come back come back come back okay i'll find it there it is okay there's still a video on youtube of bush with the kids reading my pet yes. goat upside yes. down there's yeah a little what- bit of symbolism there and yeah. what, what
1: did the book say though? It was like plane or kite flies hit steel or something like that. Yeah. It, they, they had the kids orating or like pointing to the board. How do you pronounce this? And it was like kite flies hit steel. And I'm like, it's like, uh, it keeps happening. It sounds silly. Well, you know?
0: And you're in the, you're in, you're into the whole pedo gate stuff too. So what about all this artwork? I'm not, I'm trying to remember who has it. It's Bill Clinton sure. in a blue dress. And then there's the yeah. one of George Bush, um, playing with paper airplanes yes. knocking. Yeah. Over
1: the power. It, yep. So the origin of those photos is uh Jeffrey Epstein had that hanging proudly on one of his uh, mansion properties was an image of uh, Bill Glinton in the, the iconic blue dress pointing at the camera. If you look carefully too, for the occult people out there, it's, uh, they'll feature them with more digits on their hands than they should have. So instead of five, they'll have six fingers on there. You can argue amongst yourselves among the significance of that. Uh, but if you query it, you'll find some interesting write-ups about that. But uh, yeah, the George Bush um, painting was another art piece done by the same artist. So Epstein didn't own that, but it's interesting, those thematic elements, once again, kind of uh, making George Bush look goofy, childish. It shows that he's uh, kind of like a puppet on the string. He played just one role and that's it. It's compartmentalized. Even the president has a role to play because this is bigger than them. The Mm -hmm. industries that were required to keep this secret, to uh, feature, to have the manpower, to have the technology to override things like NORAD NORAD systems, if that's what they did. Point is, significant amount of effort was put forth by this rogue state, and it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have back channels set up like the CIA, all, all these other agencies that have no real congressional oversight. You're lying straight up to the Congress for many years, and that's right after World War II, they were formed. So they've been able to do this for a very long time. And it's now to the point where they can conduct massive operations on global scales, affecting almost everyone simultaneously, like COVID. I mean, if, think about which, kind of, like, as any country said, "Hey, I'm not gonna, uh, we're gonna fight COVID in my way, but I'm not really gonna do the exact same thing you guys are." But good luck to you. I'm gonna do my own thing, you know. And they make their own separate mandates. They they make their own rules to fight COVID. But for like some Sweden? reason, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. There's one. There's one. Right? Yeah. But it's like the rest of them. It's like a memo passed down from the top. They all just yeah. comprehensively same thing. You know, and maybe that's a big country. I don't know. No, but, you're right.
0: That's a great insight that you have. It. You should follow that, and people should think about that. The coordinated level at which, you know, let's look at one example. Before, when they were saying that vaccine passports were just a crazy conspiracy theory, and Bill Gates came out and he said, uh, "Well, this won't end until we vaccinate the entire population of the planet." Like he just straight up said it. And then, literally a few days later, Prime Minister, our Prime Minister. Um, Castro Jr. Oh, sorry Justin Trudeau he came out and said literally the exact same thing and then shortly thereafter we had Boris Johnson say it and then and you just go okay so there's definitely a flow of how this works and someone could argue well Bill Gates is the proper authority on all things pandemic and health because of course he has numerous doctorate degrees in health and science which he doesn't yeah, i'm just yeah. joking around but you know what i'm saying <laughs> there's what's the argument to that And then you see the coordination at which these policies move out. Like right now in Canada, one province, Quebec or Ontario, starts with a mandate that is freaking out the whole country. They test it out. They see how it goes. If there's too much pushback, you see them pull back. If there's not enough pushback, all of a sudden, New Brunswick does it. And then uh, BC does it. And then all these other provinces do it. So I feel like with COVID, just really quickly on this, and I think it's relevant, is they use a strategy of testing the water in different demographics. So Australia, there are certain places in Australia where it's not as quite Nazi Germany as say in Melbourne or Victoria, but then you see the level that they go to and then I think they're trying to test the water and go, how much resistance are we getting to this? How are we getting away with it? Oh, oh we are. Okay. Over here, let's start pushing the gas pedal. Uh, France. Okay. France is is not doing this. France wants to literally burn Macron's house to the ground. Yeah. They're not going along with the program. Uh, so back it off on France a little bit. But you know what? Canada, they're doing it. Let's push the button in Canada. And I feel like that's how they're. there's someone with a clipboard taking notes. Okay. And then they're seeing how it goes. That's how these types of operations are done. What this is, in my opinion, brother, is this is asymmetric warfare and asymmetric warfare is where you don't need tanks and invading armies and jets flying overhead. You need infiltration from within. You need what's what JFK said, infiltration instead of invasion, right? That's their strategy. That is right. the strategy, as my uh, friend David Genny, who is from, he fled Venezuela, we did a few shows, he said it's the strategy of losers. Like the real warriors would stand on the ba- mountaintop and go, let's battle it out, best man wins. These yeah. people don't play like that. They play uh, shadows. Yep. they hide shadow. the Shadows. So yep. they're conspiratorial by nature right. because they have to be. It's the right. only modus operandi for them because they're a small group that has really no spine. They're just, they're smart. That's all they've got is high IQs. And they need to move slowly. And they know that if they move too quick, everybody wakes up. It's like a predator seeing a deer out in the wild and it gets, it moves too quick. That deer has gone. But if they know to stock the, what water holes do those deers like to go to? We'll stock them for days. We'll catch them when they're not looking like we got to think like we're dealing with predators here.
1: Yeah. And it, what you said earlier is like these people uh, consider themselves to be entirely separate from society. And honestly, at this point, yeah. just given their vast wealth and their resources and the things they're able to achieve, uh, these these are nation uh, influencing type of uh, checks that these people are cashing. Right. Mark Zuckerberg, your Jeff Bezos, they're flying in space right now. That's what they're doing. So we're told. Right. And um, yeah, the main, the main thing is once you get to that level, they're not like us and they look down on us. And I didn't believe in that necessarily at first. There's always going to be those folks. But the main thing is why they hide in the shadows. And this should be a good thing. This should make you happy for anyone that kind of gets down with this information. Believe it or not, learning about all of, all of this is actually giving me a better perspective on life because you're confronted with the fact that what we're dealing with, number one, is human, right? Uh, number two, there's a, a very small amount of them, very small, but they've once again strategically, from within the shadows when no one was looking, using distractions, using lies, manipulation, disseminating of false information, etc., mm. that were able to seize controls from within over a very large. Period of time, and this is why the same families are connected to these major incidences over the over the decades. Right? You know, you can. There's a reason the Rockefeller family has their name, their involvement in medicine, how medicine changed because of uh, just them playing one role as an organization, and it's over and over and over, and it's cyclical, and it's because it's a uh, determined mission and objective, even if we don't know exactly what it is, but we can see a theme emerging from the results of every one of these instances: uh, globalization, right? Increased surveillance, increased restrictions, regardless of what they. Are might be difficult to figure out exactly what they're going for, but the one thing we can see clearly, based on what they're telling us themselves and what they do and their actions, each one gets more restrictive, which tells me that once again, someone's benefiting from that. And that's the one thing we can say for certain. And they're going for an overhaul of the entirety. Western civilization, as things combine, as things congeal, as we merge more into one greater people as opposed to uh, sovereign states with nationalistic tendencies or at least pride in our plot of our our country, right? America first. As soon as that ideology is gone, that's when things rapidly, rapidly pick up the pace. In my opinion, 20 years in the grand scheme of things seems long, but it really isn't for the changes that have occurred. It's very scary, you know? And but they're a small group of people. And that's what makes me happy because if they were ever discovered by the masses, they would know that they'd be doomed. It's the same idea, I always use this metaphor, right? People that study for tests in grade school, uh, you know, they're not lifting their head up from the desk, right, they got their eyes on the test. I worked hard at this to pass and get an A plus and I'm doing the right thing. But the cheater, right, he lifts his eyes up to scan the classroom. What? Whose paper can I cheat off of, right? I didn't study, I'm a degenerate. But then he meets eyes and makes eye contact with the other kid that's doing the same thing. And it's a class of 20 and it's only them two that are cheating. And in that moment, they both say like, oh, you're, you're like me. You're like me. Mm-hmm. And rather than meeting up the next day to discuss, hey, maybe we should study together and do the right thing, more likely they just meet up and determine ways to more efficiently cheat for the next one, right? And right. My, meanwhile, no other classmate has any idea that this went on because their eyes are focused on their life doing the right thing but in the background there's that element that takes advantage of that so there is something nice to be said that even after on the coming out of the other side of this knowing that this is what we're heading to uh and it's still unrolling too you know which is very scary this entire great reset agenda but knowing it's just a small group of people and not everyone's like that and there is a way to combat it whether it's done in this generation or the next or in five from now brings people hope it brings me hope essentially
0: Yeah, no, it's a good point. And I personally, I've just, I've spoken to so many good people uh, in different positions in government, military, et cetera, that I know that there's a lot of people on the inside that know what's going on. They've known it for a long time. Um, and there is efforts from within. I think to try to do something about this. I think yeah. that's why we've even gotten some of this information. To be honest with you, and um, there's also good people in the public sector and in right. all kinds of places who are waking up every day. I just got a message from a friend of mine who uh, I've been trying to just slowly edu- educate them about what's really going on with the COVID stuff. And eventually she came around and she totally started to get it. And then, and now she's like a researcher she's on telegram, she's doing all this. And then she was having trouble with her family. Um, she just messaged me and she's like, man, my, my family just woke up. We, they had someone close to them, had an injury from this shot. And, um, and then they started asking questions and then apparently they spoke to a nurse who was totally against all this stuff, totally against the shot, totally against all these, like, they're just blowing it up. The hospitals are not overrun. They're lying to you. And that effect of having a medical expert tell them that went, oh my God, I got a lot of questions. And that's how it was for me. That's what 9-11 was one of the key things that got me looking into geopolitics and what was going on here. And it's such an important event. And that's why um, I wanted to do it, even though it's a bit early for, I guess you, you know, the September 11th date, I think it's the timing is perfect because we need to remember these types of things that you're bringing up. Uh, because again, it's a blueprint, it's a strategy. And when you see the blueprint and you spot the strategy and then you put it on top of these events, a lot of very interesting things start to happen. And there's a lot of very relevant connections. That's exactly it, it. Yeah. So with that said, we've got about, uh, I've got about 20 minutes left, whatever time you got, but was there any more actual things you wanted to share? Any more tidbits of info or anything like that? Sure. So
1: I think uh, the main summary point here is that just single-handedly looking at the Israeli angle, and you can put split it into two facets. You can look at it from uh, the preceding years, 2000 to 2001, as one group and the 9-11 group as a separate group, but understand that both of those groups have intelligence agency Mossad connections. That is confirmed. It's on the record. Uh, it'll forever be considered as such. Media has even covered that much, right? Not that they're the arbiters of truth, but they've caved and they said, okay, we'll, let it, we'll, we'll admit to that, right? High-level negotiations took place. These people were in Important. Some of the hijackers had connections to the very same Israeli intelligence officials that were also monitoring the hijackers before 9-11. Uh, curiously, some of these Israelis that were art students had addresses uh, right in the same street as as uh, some of the hijackers as well. So there is like a an overwhelming, not overwhelming, but some people assert the idea that this was an ongoing surveillance operation that Israel was doing on our uh Uh, Territory, which does happen, but usually you communicate. Hey, listen, I got this thing going on. Uh, Do you mind if we come over to New York for a little bit? These guys might be, you know, kind of up to something, and it affects us more than you. And believe, okay, cool. You share information, Uh, but they never told us what they were doing at all. They gave a, a vague warning in 2000, saying something might happen. And a few people decided not to fly that summer. But other than that, they didn't tell us anything. So you can either look at this as a massive failure of an intelligence operation that just so happens to have all of these curious connections back to Israel that seem to be doing the exact opposite of attempting to stop it, attempting to help us, inform us, prevent a world-changing cataclysmic event, or, you know, you could really do, you know, mental hula hoops to try and justify that. Or you could just say what it is and, and read the writing on the wall and, and that these people are suspicious. They're fishy. And that's just the basic tidbits of information because it gets deep on that side but those are kind of like the surface level things to get you guys interested in and hopefully do some more reviewing on just the israeli angle you zoom the scope out you've got a lot of other issues on your hand as well so there's a way to go about and discuss this without discussing it only through the lens of um you know was it bombs was it this where were they droned airplanes right because how they go so fast they broke the maximum velocity that would cause structural damage on a plane how did they do that you can argue back and forth about it or you can just stick with what we do now already and that of what blows the narrative away. And it was just one of many events um, that, once again, are surrounded by glowies, by intelligence agency cryptids that are just just in the background, trying to be the foot soldiers of this new world order agenda, this great reset agenda, sneaking into these you know these these industries, these organizations, and allowing these things to happen, even down on the micro level. If you, yeah. a governor is going to be kidnapped by you know uh, conspiracy theorists, domestic terrorists, right? The Whitmer plot, right? Feds, multiple, several of them, there's always involvement in the small events that actually turn out uh, to benefit them in a way, whether it's a crackdown on conspiracy theories, whether it's a call to remove videos that feature disinformation, combating misinformation. The grand play worked perfectly because now misinformation means death. Because if you spread this information saying the vaccine is bad and someone believes you, based off of false data, people are dying. And now they've quantified, before it was just amorphous. It's, uh, you know, you can paint this as stupid, as wacky, but nothing would stop, you know, that doesn't stop us from doing what we do. But to physically create an overhaul of the system and combine us with the idea of we're an imminent threat, literally with the insurrection with COVID, uh, there's gonna be an information crackdown. And that's kind of another uh, angle that they've been taking recently is, and that's been the plan. All along, and I'm in a way I'm surprised it took them this long to do it. You know,
0: well, January sixth was another false flag. Clearly, exactly I mean, it, the, the evidence, I the videos, like it's the overwhelming evidence that that Tums. was horseshit. What they're telling yeah. us, and they're trying to. Ju- you just see how they're trying. This is how manipulators work. They're trying to justify these different approaches to demonize groups of people that they don't like, who are basically the people screaming from the top of their lungs. We got a problem, guys. We've been infiltrated. Don't trust them. Think for yourself. Those are the people they need on the fringes. They need to demonize those people. Anybody even questioning this vaccine, whether they're a doctor or an expert or there's an average Joe, they need to be seen as a danger and a threat in the public mind so that they can get the sheep to police the sheep because they can't possibly handle the hundreds of millions of people around the world that know that this is a fraud. So right. the, this is they also it's it's a shotgun effect where there's multiple things happening at once where you can barely keep up to it yeah. and they're trying to create these big baskets where they can just put people in be like oh what like even here in Canada we weren't permitted really to celebrate our national uh, like our Canada Day because it got overflown or over uh, over overshadowed by this other issue that just arose out of nowhere that we know exactly. the government's known about. But the, the, you see the agenda is to then go, all right, well, you see all those people waving Canadian flags that love their country and are sick and tired of being locked down? They're terrorists. They're racists. They're Nazis. They're this. They're that. This is age-old strategy that's been yeah. used time and time again. And yet here in the West, especially in Canada, we have no experience with this. So people are like, oh, it's just, it couldn't happen here. Right. Yeah, but it's happening happen in front of our eyes yeah. where they're demonizing entire sections of the population. Like, let's just say it's 30% of people in Canada that are resisting this stuff. Okay. I'm being, you know, generous, I think. Right. It's like 30%. That's, a, that's millions of people. That's a lot of people yeah. that you're going to say are hateful, racist, Nazi terrorists that are threats. And you got literally professors of universities tweeting out how people like me should be put in gulags, like prisons. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Radicalized. They're being radicalized at a very swift rate. And I like what you said. You called them baskets. I believe that is what we're being uh, filtered into, corralled into. And the way they're doing this is the old days, back before the internet and social media, um is you know you demonize them by calling them names you make them look foolish you say something probably broadcast over the mainstream media and bank on people believing it so it's a classic attack of uh, on someone's character a smear campaign and that would do enough he cheated on his wife therefore he's not a good politician despite those two things being completely unrelated although that might indicate his morals might not be the best but aside from that technically that has no bearings over his capacity as a politician to do his job. If you really think about it, I'm not saying yeah. I condone that, but just as an example, no, I know what a you mean. silly yeah. one. So back in those days, we're not con- as connected as we are. So those baskets were formed by things like that. Uh, but nowadays, where everyone's connected and everyone has near-lifetime access to information, should God forbid it gets out, the real information, real evidence, right? Uh, people will notice it almost immediately. So this requires complete control over the mechanism that allows us to both find that hidden information, but ensure that we don't catch it in live time quick enough to actually cause any meaningful damage to their plans um, you know, before they're able to you know, rectify the situation and prevent us from doing so. So I'll name another basket that occurred in 2016 is, uh, in my opinion, is fake news, right? When was the last time that the terminology fake news specifically used to reference uh, news that's just just fake, you know, uh, people spilling disinformation around that Pizzagate nonsense, the this, the that, right? It's fake news. So now you've got a nice title for everyone to lazily write things off because if they're telling me that x y and z is fake news look they wouldn't be on the news if they didn't do their due diligence they're journalists for christ's sakes but that's not the way it works they're fed information they're either compromised by intelligence agencies. It's already happened once. And this was back in decades ago, right? With uh, Mockingbird, Operation Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. So the infiltration has occurred. And now they're disseminating this false information. Now we get into echo chambers. We've moved away from television, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So now we have to be pushed filtered into these echo chambers that are constructed specifically for us by the likes of the people that build these algorithms they know damn well what they're coasting us into because it's all based on search histories from the past previous clicks things that they it's full, it's it's kind of like predictive it's all predictive based right you might like this you clicked on this you might like then they get to know you real well. And before you know it, they're able to radicalize people. They're able to make people extreme. They're able to make people more violent because now your world, which most of it, a lot of it spent online for the young generations, their entire world, the internet, their social media, everything they see is things they agree with because the algorithms were controlled and you know created to do just that. They have no bearing of the idea if they were to meet a Trump supporter or something in real life, they would truly think that violence against that person is justified because everything they see in their life supports that notion. When in reality, there's a whole other world that they don't even have access to, right? Because they're in their own little bubble specifically made technologically for them. And we saw this, I don't want to go too far, but let's think of the mind geek uh, lawsuit, right? With the big porn hub company, the big Mm -hmm. prepare of porn. I mean, in that lawsuit, they talk about exactly this, that they had the means to remove illegal videos on their site. And I won't get any further. You can use your imagination as to what type of disgusting, Nonsense, illegal videos on a porn site would entail. Uh, but the lawsuit states like they they had literal tools. they built tools to combat it. It's simple image recognition. They're able to delete these photos en mass, but they didn't because only one thing generates clicks, which makes revenue. and that's algorithmically guided nonsense shenanigans it guides these people to illegal videos you clicked on one illegal video here's more and they knew that because it made them money and this is why epstein was brought into that because some of his videos he made videos they ended up on Pornhub. and it's the same thing that's radicalizing everything it's the same reason for the violence we've seen it's so they're
0: compartmentalizing us
1: yeah, a precise perfect. I like that. That's exactly what they're doing. They're compartmentalizing us. We're being separated while standing in the same room with each other. And it's wild. And it goes, let's go back to spellcasting control the mind. Mm. How is that possible? If they're not separating you physically, you know, and you're in the same room, but surely separate, That's mind it. control. That's it. Colonize it the
0: mind first. That's all you need. Um, Unbelievable, man. And that's a really good thing for this is why people out there listening when you're standing next to people and your friends and family, they're getting the reason they're so polarly opposite from you is because, like you just said, they've been stuck in a bubble by these algorithms that rule the internet, and the news media and the whole thing. And they're being told certain things. And what the number one thing people need to understand about how this propaganda works and how this flow of information works is that they don't just talk to your conscious mind there. It's not just that your friends and family out there that think you're crazy for even considering any of this stuff. It's, it's not just that that those people have some smoking gun evidence to prove you wrong because they don't. They never have. I've been at this a long time and I have yet to be fully debunked on any of this stuff, which is shocking to me because I was hoping that I would be debunked for crying That's but, the good um,
1: that's the good thing yeah. of our line of work. When we're wrong, it's a relief. It's right? like yeah, the only line exactly. Thank God, God I'm wasn't
0: wrong. The Pleiadian Council. <laughs> I,
1: <right now. laughs> I love being wrong. That's the only line of work where you could say that, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, oh, someone's saying Jim Keith, Mass Control. Yeah, you have to read that book. But um what they do is they hit you on the subconscious subliminal levels with emotive thinking. So the reason that you're going to go out and say, guys, I'm not taking the shot or I, I'm not wearing that stupid bacteria filled, soggy piece of cloth all over my face every day. Uh, I just don't think the reason that people are going to flip out at you is because They've been hit on the reptile complex of the brain. They've been hit in the emotive centers of the brain it's important. and they've yep. been told that's dangerous. That's going to kill you over and over again. That's going to kill the people you love. Do you yeah. see what we're getting to? That's why people are getting so nasty. Is there, it's what they're being told. And again, not because the media comes out and goes, we have lots of data and science and evidence to show you that all those people are out there that are crazy and that this vaccine is safe, that it's even a vaccine at all. That is, you know what I mean? We have all this evidence. They don't speak in terms of evidence in the media anymore because no. they don't do journalists. These people are no. clowns. That's this it. is all about how do we, how, how can we make people feel if we can make people feel like they're victims or that they're threatened by this other group over here. And then all we got to do is compartmentalize the algorithms so that they continue fighting amongst each other then we've got you all by the balls, right? Right. Because we've controlled you at an emotional level and they know we're a mode of being. So this is the tangled web we have to get out of. And that's why it is so incredibly important. Even if you don't, if you're listening and you don't agree with everything said here or you don't agree with it, it's not about that. We need people to challenge the powers that be. You need to have that. So that's why I always say, if you know somebody that's a, a conspiracy theorist, or even if they're one of those crazy ones, Love them to death. Give them hugs because okay. they're out there. They're taking on government. They're taking on the most powerful people in the world. Yet yeah. all of the normies out there that are just believing what they're told. They're in league with these people and they don't even yeah. understand.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And there's more in common than we have apart. And, you know, that's a kind of a cliche. But truly, I mean, think about what tolerance actually means. The, they claim to be the purveyors of this tolerance, the ultimate tolerance uh, <laughs> groups. Right. What well, you know what tolerance yeah. is? Tolerance is enduring the hate. Uh, hatred massively against us published and backed by uh, multi-billion dollar corporations like Nike and published on the nightly news and bombarded into your skull nonstop every day all around you. The office space workplace talk where someone says, can you believe the X, Y, and Z? And it just so happens to be something you actually believe very strongly in and passionately in, but you still love that person because you genuinely like them. We don't have to agree on that. That's tolerance. What they're doing is something else. And it's the emotional hijacking. Uh, which is going to cause this, you know, this this overtaking of the West, the collapse of the West? Because if you disrupt the logic mechanisms in your minds, like you said, playing off of the the lizard brain, the amygdala, right? Just uh, emotional based decision making, fear, stress, anxiety, whatever. Um, get rid of logic because that would be a data driven mindset, which would require proof the burden of proof for the things that they say. So we have to get rid of that. And the best thing about that is uh, the fact that everyone, you know, likes nice people. The simple yep. fact about it, not everyone's nice, but I think a lot of people like nice uh, people deep down, you know, even if and uh, I think people
0: pre- mean well, right? They, that's, exactly. that's how they get you. What's right. the old thing? Evil right. preys on your virtue. Right? Yes. So the yes. fact that those people out there, they're like, I'm getting the shot because I want to save lives and I want right. to stop and I want to go back to normal. Don't you want to go back to normal? Like yep. it comes sounds from a nice. place that sounds nice. Yeah. I wore a mask and yeah. I suffocated my children for two years yeah. because I didn't want grandma to get sick. Like yep. they, it's, but that's how lies work. It's a lie. Right. It sounds true, but it isn't.
1: Right. And this is why we begin to see the blending of of, uh, reality with this digital hellscape that's being created around us because emotions are now all that there is. If I'm upset, that means I'm warranted because I feel those emotions, right? Like logic is completely different where it's like, oh, I just thought, I wonder if that's true. You look into it and then you figure out it is or it isn't. But now that I feel upset because you just said something to me or whatever, that means it's right. And that's what's fueling all of this because nobody's logically thinking through anything and it's a perfect defense mechanism to question why those that are thinking logically, how are you gonna tell me that you don't want to have refugees come into your country at a single time by the hundreds or thousands? Do you hate refugees? Are you a racist? But that's not what they're thinking about in a logic driven data set. And that's just one example, by the way, just any of these conspiracy theories, whatever they might be, it's not out of a place of hatred. We're not anti-Semitic for discussing this, right? These people are being primed to to leap, to lash out immediately, because it's it's, an automated stimulus at that point. And it's right out of uh, the playbook of, of many people that have you know followed communism, or socialism for a very long time. It's one facet of them. A class war back in the 1970s liberal terrorists that went around, I don't know, they actually put bombs in the Capitol building. I don't know if anyone recalls that. And the woman that put a bomb and blew up a portion of the Capitol building now handles the money uh, for one of the main driving forces of this emotional outburst towards us, uh, Black Lives Matter. Does that mean the entire thing is corrupt? No, I'm saying a woman that bombed the Capitol building works with their money. I'm not judging you for whatever you think about that. It's true, simple as that. But that's class war, right? The poor against the rich. Something as much that requires thought to figure that out. You know, is it yeah. true? Well, emotions is now kind of like the rebranded way they're going to give it a shot, like round two. You know what I mean? And it's going to be a more effective round uh, in this instance because everyone can be sad, everyone can get hurt, everyone can be upset, especially if they're being scared to death every single day on the news across social media right,
0: right. and they're yeah they're they're using this to play again play us against each other because it's divide and conquer right? that's it In this sign we will conquer right like that's what this is and this is why you know when people want to know like for me i say i'm not anti anybody i'm mm-hmm. just anti-criminality tyranny lies deception and evil like I'm, I'm anti that my religion is truth my politics is freedom And what else do you need to know? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but my intentions are good. And I don't, I can't say the same thing about the people that run the media and the people in government right now who are all clearly compromised. So on both sides. So, you know, everybody has to think about this from the perspective of, it's not about who, which expert you trust or you trust popular mechanics or whatever or if you trust you know david ray griffin it's do you trust your own mind do you trust your ability to learn about both sides of a debate and then make up your own educated opinion about it and then leave room for that opinion to change when new information comes in it's that simple and again we're not perfect but we're trying we're you people have no idea people like you and me we are up against such a big oppositional monster yeah. here. Uh, the the obstacles through the censorship, through the research, through this and that, uh, it's incredible. So, yeah, we get a few things wrong, but the theme is correct. And we've gotten way more right, let me tell you this, yeah. than yeah. your media has in the last 10 years or 20 years since 9 11. So, uh, you know, you can go and, again, I keep telling people go cheers your local conspiracy theorist friends because they're batting a thousand right now and Anderson Cooper isn't batting very well. So no. that's kind of how I leave it is, is the proof is earned through battle and it's always in the pudding. Um, yeah. well, we got to wrap this up. This has been amazing. We got to do more this shows. Great. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, send me some of these links and stuff uh, so that I can share out for people and let people know where they can find your work.
1: Sure, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Once again, this was an awesome discussion. And, you know, so I'm neurotic in the sense of I want to cram everything into one, but it's just too vast of a subject. So I definitely enjoy it. Multiparts, yes, Multi-parts yes, yes. has to be. So I'm available once again before 9-11. If you want to do another you know, round two here, we'll get into more uh, deeper yes. information. But yeah, so as of right now, you can find me on Gab under Memory Hold, Twitter under Memory Hold 777. My videos primarily are located on BitChute and uh, primarily just bit shoot at this point, the live streams are done on DLive. So that's dlive.tv slash memoryhold and bitshoot.com slash memoryhold. So the streams will always be uploaded to bitshoot after the fact. And I am on YouTube, my fourth account. I'll keep just making them until they ban me. You know, there are still some people on, you know, YouTube hanging out. And I appreciate you watching the show. But you should consider navigating over to DLive, right? It's uh, That's where the party's at, at least for my channel, at least. But yeah, Memory Hold 4.0 on YouTube, for those of you still on YouTube. And uh, I, I do have plans to get over here on Rockfin. I've been uh, trying to use it a little bit more free frequently. I see you're doing really well over here. You have, seems like you have a great community just based yeah, on the comments awesome and the input people. alone. So uh, I do have an account on there, but it's inactive as of now. So you can check that out. And uh, hopefully the coming weeks, I'll have some content up there, but that's where you that's where you can find me. And I'll have the links. I'll post them up to on my social media and I'll give them to you.
0: Amazing. Dude, this was epic. And guys, we uh, just cracked the surface on this. Um, there's so much to it. There's videos, there's it's a rabbit hole. So I, I hope it gives you food for thought and let me know what you find while going through this stuff. Because again, I just care about the truth and I know I can't handle it all myself. So I rely on my audience to also help by contributing. And I thank all of you. Uh, I see some people have done some donations and stuff. I appreciate that. Some great commentary. Uh, sorry if we didn't get to all your comments or whatever but we love you all thank you all for tuning into this show today uh stay tuned in what time is it five o'clock in 90 minutes from this moment in time i'll be back on for another show tonight two for one with a police officer from ontario who's gonna blow your minds so stay tuned for that thanks a lot again memory hold you've been awesome i my and pleasure we'll man. again soon okay all right see ya everybody good chat all right guys have a good see one ya. cheers oh where's my cursor? <laughs> there we go and